I'm going to read from a passage in Isaiah now. Uh, This is Isaiah chapter 58. uh, And I'm going to read verses 6 to 11. Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 11. So verse 6. Is not this, God says, is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and God will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Now, water is a a vital symbol of life, the life and health of the world. Um, And as such, water has often been used as a a very powerful symbol. Uh, The prophet Isaiah uh, was very fond of the imagery of water. Uh, Rivers, seas, springs, wells, dew, rain, tears... Uh, All of those are features of Isaiah's prophecy. In Isaiah 58, for example, uh, God described the state of the world at that time as a dried up desert with no water. Things were not good. He said, uh, God says in Isaiah 58 that, you know, on the outside, people seem very religious. They were fasting. They were talking about God. They were doing religious things and bowing their heads to him. But underneath, he said, there was a selfishness, a hatred, a, a greed, a callousness of heart. He gave examples in that chapter. He says workers are being exploited. People are quarreling. They're using violence against each other. Um, There is injustice which holds people captive, he said. People are made to go hungry. They're driven into poverty. They're being oppressed by those who are much more powerful than them. And he says that when people asked for help, they were just turned away. Uh, It was a society, God said, where people were always pointing the finger and blaming each other and talking maliciously against each other. He said, God says in that chapter, there's so little compassion, so little humility, so little fairness and truth among you, that God says you're like a land that's dried up, like a desert in drought with no water. But then God helped them in that chapter to imagine how things could be. He imagines for us a world where the chains of injustice are broken and loosed. Uh, The oppressed go free, he says. The hungry are fed. The homeless are given shelter. The naked are clothed. He imagines a world where the fingers stop pointing and the the tongues stop hating and the fists stop flying. It was a world, God imagined, where everything is healed of the destructive powers of sin. A world where we, humanity, collectively are healed. And as God imagined that world for them and for us, he said it will be like water returning 
to the desert and filling that desert again for refreshment and life. Isaiah 58, 11, instead of a desert, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. As modern Westerners, we can easily take water for granted, both literal water, but also the metaphorical water of goodness, faith, hope, love. Like in Isaiah's day, um, we might carry on in our religious ways, but maybe we've perhaps forgotten what God's way should actually lead to in our lives and our world. It should lead to healing and hope from God for all of us. You know, we could, we could think of literal water as an example of that. You know, while we in the West, you know, we worry about whether we can use our hose pipe on our, to wash our cars, people in other parts of the world barely have enough water to just stay alive. And while we're wondering whether we should put black currant or orange squash in our crystal clear glass of water that we've got from the tap, people elsewhere have no choice but to drink, to walk all day, as we've heard, and drink polluted water that's full of dirt and bugs and diseases, that we wouldn't let our pet dogs sniff it and go near it. It would be, you know, no, don't, don't drink that. And they have to, some people in the world. Isaiah's message, I think, is therefore important for us on Harvest Thanksgiving because it tells us that our religion, our faith in God, our Christianity, must never just be about sort of enjoying ourselves and our own life or being in church or whatever. It's about bringing God's goodness and life to the world like streams of water flooding a desert. God once said this really pointedly to ancient Israel through another prophet, the prophet Amos. He said this, away with the noise of your songs. I don't want to listen to the music of your instruments because instead I want to see justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a stream that flows forever. That's Amos 5, 23. That's what God wanted to see from them flowing from them, righteousness, justice, goodness. So Amos kind of teaches us something there. He says that, you know, churches can have, we, you know, churches could have the best music, the biggest venues, uh, you know, the most impressive choir or whatever, you know, the best equipment for our gatherings. It might all sound and look amazing, but if the churches are not doing good in their community, restoring justice and hope and peace, to the world, then God says he's not interested in the music at all, or how good it looks, or how big the building is. He'd rather not listen to all that. He says, away with all that, because I want to see what you do for those around you. Abraham Joshua Heschel once commented on that verse in Amos, and he said this. This is quite, you know. Men may not drown out the cries of the oppressed with the noise of their hymns. Gosh. Martin Luther King, Jr., he famously quoted Amos 5 in his I Have a Dream speech. He said, we are not satisfied and will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. So Amos reminds us, and this is important, worship above all, worship above all is about how we live and how we treat one another. So we've got to be careful that we don't spend, just spend all our time as churches thinking about, you know, how we want things to be in our church on a Sunday or whatever. 
So we've got to be careful we don't spend so much time focusing on that that we forget the real point of it all, which is to think about how good we want things to be out there, in our community, in our world. Let justice roll on from us, like rivers and righteousness to the world, like a never-failing stream. So back in Isaiah 58, God helps us imagine what our lives and our communities and our world can be like if we truly worship God, not just in sentimental ways, but in practical ways. To love him, to love our neighbour as ourselves. We're told that sums up everything God commands. I want to give you a couple of examples, actually, just this past week. At the stable, two things. We've had a young chap who's autistic, and he has been helping us for six months or so. And he's just been coming once a week, and it's given him an opportunity to engage with the community, to learn some skills, to get used to being, uh, you know, doing a normal job. And he's now gone off to college, but his mum sent us a message just to thank us, to say how much of a difference it's made for him and how much he's enjoyed being part of that little community at the stable. Two, not this week, but the week before, I was at youth cafe at the stable on a Thursday night. And uh, a two parents, the mum and dad, came to collect their young lad. And they spoke to me and they said that they, they moved to this, to Five Head, um, probably similar time to us actually, and their, their young lad was so worried. He didn't know anyone here, he didn't know anyone in the school he was going to, but before he went to school, he came along to Youth Cafe, and he met a great bunch of young, young kids his age there, and, and the parents just told me, they said it's made a, such a difference to him that he could come to meet some young people in a new area where he didn't know anyone, he came to meet them, and a lot of them were going to the same school he was about to start at, and the mum and dad just thanked me for the youth cafe because it made such a difference in their son's life when they moved here. And now, you know, we may not be called to start a worldwide charity, but we can do just little things that help someone in ways that we don't actually realise. It's just a couple of examples. Um, so one thing perhaps all of this from Isaiah means for us as well is that we can help others around the world to have clean water through organizations like Charity Water. And there are others too. Um, pass there's another passage, a passage like Isaiah 44. Because God in Isaiah 44 says, we're not going to be alone as we try and do this, do good in the world. He's actually going to be working with us himself. Uh, God is working, we're told. God is doing something about the way things are and even the way we are as human beings. Isaiah 44, this is what the Lord says, he who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Notice God says there that he helps us because we're like his own children to him. Uh, God formed us, he says, he made us in the womb. It's like we're his baby, the human race. You know, we human beings are like God's child to him. And because of that, he says, I'm not going to abandon you to this, I'm going to help you do this. This is what the Lord says, he who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. I will pour water on that thirsty land, and streams onto that dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring, and my blessing upon your descendants. They will spring up like grass in the meadow, like poplar trees, by flowing streams. God said there, he's going to, look, he's going to be help doing it with us. As we, as we make a difference in the world as Christians. He's going to pour out his, spirits on the his spirit on the generations to come. 
on our children, in other words, and our children's children, and it will be like pouring out water on thirsty land. When God says he's, he's going to pour out his spirit, what that means is he's pouring out himself. He's giving himself to this. The God who is spirit is going to be here with us, pouring out himself like water poured on a dry and thirsty land. And we are thirsty in so many different ways, as individuals, as communities, as a world. There are so many needs that are holding us back from the life God means us to have. But when God's spirit enters, his life-giving spirit enters our lives, our communities, our world, new things happen. It's like water suddenly returning to a desert. New life springs up, green grass, magnificent trees, Isaiah says. Our thirst is quenched, our longings satisfied, our sins are forgiven. New beginnings take place, new hearts, new motivations, new ways of living, like a dry desert that's suddenly been transformed by the rains. And that's what God, that began to happen when Jesus came to the world. In John 7 he said, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. As the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And by this it says he meant the spirit, who those who believed in him were going to receive. So the New Testament celebrates the good news that when Jesus came to the world and died for us and rose again, that was the new beginning, the beginning of, of this new chapter where God's spirit is now poured out on the world in, an, in a whole new measure than before. God is present, in other words, working now in this world in a whole new degree because of Jesus. Jesus took away our sins. He took away that barrier. He's risen again to show us there's new life here, that even death is not something to get in the way. And God, has, Christ has poured out his spirit so that he's with us in what we're doing. Everything that was hoped for in the Bible is now being realized because of Jesus Christ. The waters will come, Isaiah said. Your descendants are going to see it, he said. And we have seen it. And we are still seeing it happen because the waters of Jesus' life, moving through this earth, filling, as it were, the desert, God is here. In Isaiah 12, he said, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In a hot, dry climate, ancient Israel, the well was the place where you could come and draw water for life for refreshment, for cleansing. It's where the community gathered together around the well. The well was a source of life in so many different ways. And God uses that as a picture of himself and what he's doing through Jesus, his son. And there are no restrictions at that well that God has given us, that God has dug. We can all come to it. We can all come to Jesus and draw that water of salvation for ourselves. Some of us may feel very thirsty, dried up, empty, but we can come to Jesus and find new life with God. In Isaiah 55, God says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And then he says this, 
For just like the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and they do not return without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish, so is my word that now goes out of my mouth. It will accomplish, God says, what I desire. You will go out with joy, he says. You'll be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. What a powerful picture for a harvest thanksgiving. We will be like dry ground watered by the rain as we allow God into our lives and our communities, flourishing with his new life. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So may we all come and receive that salvation that Jesus gives. May we rejoice in it ourselves, but may it remake our lives so much that through us God's grace can then flow out into the world around us.